great day if you're listening to this live. Actually, I hope you're having a great day if you're listening to it live or whenever. Just hope you're having a good day so far, and the day continues to be good. So this episode is kind of skirting the line a little bit of the new brand we have going on, A Taste of AZ. So really excited about this. Before we get into it, though, we are selling some shirts and some books to raise some funds for the Teresa Sorrell's Legacy Fund. It's part of the Arizona Craft Brewers Guild. So tap that AZ shirts, reach out to me on social media or eric at tapthataz.com. Great t-shirts. Stay awesome on the back. $25. That includes shipping. $5 of each sale will go towards that Teresa Soros Legacy Fund. Also selling the Arizona Beer Book. $10 of each Arizona Beer Book will go towards that Teresa Soros Legacy Fund. And we have a few shirts as well. Now you can go to thearizonabeerbook.com forward slash shop. That is forward slash. That's a hard thing for me to say apparently. You know what I mean. Forward slash shop. Go get yourself a shirt. Get yourself a book. These prices all include shipping, so go check them out. Also, every Wednesday from 6 until about 7.30, we've been doing on Instagram, Instagram Live, a little happy hour and a half. That's what we call it. So we've had music, we have different guests, got some giveaways. It's a good time. So check it out every Wednesday from 6 until 7.30 Arizona time. Now, the guest today, if you're a longtime listener, you've heard Brett. You've heard from Brett. Just an awesome guy, a badass in life, and the way he approaches food is just the same way. It's it's just a really cool, really cool guy to talk to. Has a really great introspective thoughts. Is that thing introspective thoughts? He's very Brett's a smart dude. And uh, in this episode, I talk with Brett. He's actually out in the field, uh, taking a little break from from some of the things he does out in the wilderness, foraging, and all that. And we discuss how his whole life has been centered around being prepared. So right now, his He's been prepared for this his, his whole life. Not, you know, he's not a prepper. He's not crazy, but he's prepared and he knows what the hell to do. So this is one, not so much about beer. Uh, this is more of a discussion on life and, and stuff like that. So get a beer anyways. Enjoy the show. And this is Brett Viver of Wild Arizona Cuisine. Yes. What's up, man? Am I sideways? Yeah, you're sideways. That's all right, though. I, I won't release it. Sideways this. to me, though. Um, what if you turn your phone the other way? No, I know. I was trying to. Uh, <laughs> that stupid little iPhone plug in there. I'm like, God damn, Brett, you are done with this shit. <laughs> oh, dude, it's terrible. I'll tell you what. Hey, man, you know what, dude? It's times like this that make me realize. Who cares, right? Yeah, right. exactly, man. I, I what, tell you what's, what, what's really important to you. Yeah, absolutely, dude. I'm, uh, I'm really starting to realize that. Like, what's, what's like? It, both Jackie and I have talked about. It's like, think of all the shit we can cut out at this point. You know, we don't. Oh, miss- right. I mean, do you notice right now that your phone's ringing at the same frequency as it did when you had a landline? Oh, I mean, yeah. Like, like, like mid nineties, early nineties, late eighties, whatever it may be. Yeah. I noticed that was the first, the first thing I consciously noticed was my phone's not ringing. My phone's not ringing incessantly for people that just, they need that answer straight away right now. Uh, what, you know, oh, I've got, I've got this in my mind. I'm going to call him. I'm going to call him right now. I'm like, it just, it used to be different. I mean, I even remember like that jump of getting like answering machines. Ah, uh, yeah. And, and you know, and it, and it getting, it, it just, <clears throat> it's continuous, continuously gotten faster and faster and faster, but now we're seeing that it was quite unnecessarily. Yeah. 
Oh, dude, everything everybody needs. I don't know if you ever you ever see the comedian Ronnie Chang. Yeah. Where he talks what are about you uh, I'm drinking a little uh, a little Valley beer from from Ren House right now, man. It's it's you know. It, this is one of the first things I've had today as far as nutrients go. So I have to start off with something you nutritious. Got <laughs> you got most, most of the food groups uh, covered in there. Yeah. We got, uh, we are out in the boonies. Uh, where are you? Where are you right now? East of Camp Verde. Okay. Okay. Uh, but we stopped into one small place to see if they had anything. And they had a uh, big blue van. Ah, nice. Dude, I almost grabbed a college street. I almost had their, brought their sour, but uh, I went with I've the never had it so. before. It's quite nice. It's good. I'm not, you... I'm not usually like a flavored beer kind of guy, you know, yeah. in general, uh, especially with fruits and things of that sort. I like to keep that separate. Sure. Uh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> but no, it's, 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 uh, it's pretty cool. Dude, we didn't even we didn't even do an introduction. Like this whole this whole thing's just going on as a podcast. Just so, so yeah, there you so go. This is uh, this is unprecedented. Usually, it's a little bit of a chatter first, but dude, we got right into it. I love it. So, yep. I got to introduce you, man. You are one of the coolest people I know. Just personally, <laughs> just personally. Thank just, you. Yeah, dude, just just a great great dude. Um, but your approach to things, I'm learning a lot from you, man. Just not, not just food wise, but just life, like what we Thanks. were just talking about, man. So my guest is Brett Vibber, uh, chef, forager, Renaissance man, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who is actually in, uh, you said East of Camp Verde right now. Yep. And you are, what, what are you doing up there? Tell us what you're uh, working on. I mean, the main objective today was, uh, morels but they're not morels morel mushrooms uh kind of the first mushroom of the year spring mushroom uh not really hitting too hard but i'd say we got plenty of wild rhubarb plenty of wild mustards a few different kinds uh you know there's always something to grab wild food wise yeah well now in in when so when we did that episode uh, a while back, episode just came out last week. <laughs> we recorded like yeah. two months, two months ago. Uh, things From, were weird the last two months. Yeah, yeah, things have gotten a little bit different. Uh, yep. But um, but when we were talking with people, like anytime morels came up, people were like, "Oh shit, man, morels!" Like, are they are they are they just a really good mushroom, or what? Why do people get excited about them? Well, it's super rare in Arizona. <clears throat> not the not the you can't find them. It's just, you know, you talk to, you know, I talk to my family or friends uh, from, from the Midwest and they're like, Oh, they're all through our farms. And like, we just used to throw them away. And like, Oh, like, okay. That, <laughs> don't tell you know, me that, that. that. Right. Don't tell, right. Don't tell me that you're breaking my heart. Uh, so for, for people to realize, you know, 80% of Arizona is not from Arizona. <clears throat> so when people start to realize like, Oh, I'm from, where are you from, Dustin? Vermont. Vermont. Yeah, my buddy Dustin's with me today uh, from Vermont. They're, they're everywhere. They're everywhere in the springtime, and, and it's easy to find. So here it's more of a hunt for them uh, uh, gotcha. where we get into, like, the summer mushrooms, the late fall mushrooms. You know, they're, they're everywhere, and, and they're there for the taking. But th- this is a bit more of hunting than, uh, than just going out and gathering and, and expecting you're going to come back with 15 pounds of mushrooms every day. How do you have the patience for that? Like, how do you, it's almost like hunting for me. I've never been hunting, but like. Parenthood, I think. (laughs) So you weren't this patient before you had kids? No, I mean, I, (laughs) I think I always was, but being, being a parent, it it obviously teaches you a whole 
different level of <clears throat> of patience where uh you know what's acceptable at losing your shit on someone or not you know <laughs> yeah. little six-year-old doesn't understand that that he should be digging for water in the yeah. afternoon time at the campsite but yeah. <laughs> uh no it's uh it's 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 just that 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 I used to tell people like, oh, I don't have the patience for pastries and I don't have the patience for baking. Like in our realm, that's the, that's kind of the, the most patient driven part of the kitchen is, is in pastries and baking and, you know, staying up all night watching stuff proof and, you know, getting it in the oven at the right time and making sure your reactions are proper. But <clears throat> I'll tell you what, man, having a kittle will teach you a whole new level of patience. And uh, <laughs> it, 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 at the same time, us, harvesting wild foods it, it gives you no other choice but to be patient with mother nature i mean what are you going to do if it rains and you can't go outside and, and collect something yeah <clears throat> hopefully hopefully you've done your part and you've you've preserved things and you know it's it's a it's a big it's a big expanse of things when when it comes right down to it rather than uh the random people that say, uh, what do you guys, you guys uh, just uh, park your trucks and go, go hope you find something like, nah, I'd hope I'm a little <laughs> bit more, <clears throat> a little bit more organized and prepared, prepared than that. It's funny. I found all, uh, Elena and I moved into the new house, you know, a few months ago and <clears throat> doing all the development of the farm. Uh, we've really focused on outside rather than inside. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's years worth of stuff inside. We locked ourselves in yesterday and, and went through a bunch of boxes and I found all my old boy scout and cub scout stuff. And, uh, you know, we're going through stuff yesterday and I'm, I'm telling her like, you know, this badge taught me so much about wilderness survival. This badge taught me so much about, you know, native American lore. Uh, and, and, and you go through and you realize you learned, you learned a a lot of stuff through boy scouts and I'm really anxious to get my boy into them next year. Yeah, I know that's always been a big thing for you. You've talked about like, you know, when, when we've been just, whether we're doing a podcast or we're filming, you know, some of the video series that we're working on with you, uh, you, you bring, you bring up Boy Scouts and Eagle Scouts and all that stuff a yep. lot. Like I, that was a huge part of, uh, of you. And I think, I think a lot of people are for, <clears throat> you know, for anything you, you get in, you get out of it, what you put into it. Uh, I know everyone that I was in Boy Scouts didn't, didn't come out this way and, and things like that. But, you know, there's probably something already natural in me that that helped exploit it and gave me an outlet, you know, all the time. Our Boy Scout troop, I was really fortunate to be in a Boy Scout troop that was big and organized and at least two camping trips a month and, and, and things like that where, where I got to be out and about and doing the things that, that I always liked doing all the way growing up. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's because I think some, for some people that, that, uh, deters them from that, right? It's like, oh man, I did all this shit growing up when I turned 18. I didn't do it one more time. You know what I mean? Right. Definitely. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think that's a big thing too, is, uh, it, none of it was ever forced on me. I had friends growing up that were, you know, forced into scouting and forced into wrestling and forced into this and forced into that. And, <clears throat> you know, I'm blessed to have two parents that, that, pushed once they saw an aptitude and a desire for for one certain thing or another so you know i think my dad pushed my dad was a football track and wrestling coach and but he pushed me in wrestling much different than he pushed my brother in wrestling pushed my brother in track probably a bit more than he 
pushed me in track because he saw, you know, what we liked and where our aptitudes were. And, you know, I think I try and do that all, all the time now with myself is, you know, what are you good at? And, you know, where do you thrive and where's your, at the end of the day, where's your spot in the world? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I know you, you, you've talked about your dad quite a few times. So, I mean, he's, he's, he's kind of a well-respected coach, right? Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say so. You can't, you, I'd, I'd challenge you to go to a wrestling function in general, but let alone any, any college wrestling, high school wrestling uh, function in, in Arizona that, that you you don't bump into a million people that know him. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's, he's different. He's a, he, he's the humblest, modest guy you've, you've really ever known, not an egocentric driven guy. It's, uh, at the end of the day, uh, everyone just wants to win. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and it doesn't matter if that's at sports level or as you know, some of us are finding out now, just a basic survival level. You, you want to win. You want to succeed. You want to be, you want to be awesome at what you do. And, and if not, yeah, I, I'd say you're behind the buck. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. It, 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 and it reminded me of, Louis, you said he, he treated you and your brother. It reminded me of uh, something I read about, about Mike Krzyzewski, where he was like, I, I treat all of my players fairly. I don't treat all my players equally. You know? No, He's not like, at all. Yeah, there's a big and difference. I think, I, you know, I think it might have been my freshman year. Of, it was my freshman year of high school. I got into a bit of trouble <clears throat> uh, at school that day. And, and I got busted up at football practice uh-huh. and by my dad, but on the way, but on the way home, he said, you know, this is, this is coach stuff and this is school stuff and this is teacher stuff. And we, we leave it here. Yeah. We go, we go home and, and it's, and it's different. That's uh, good, man. And, and, and I've always asked that of my cooks and, you know, people in the kitchen is if you're coming in the kitchen, leave it all at the door come in here, give it your full focus. If you can't give it your full focus, then, then don't be here. And, and he never wanted people on the team like that as well. Like, you know, if, if, if you're not here, <clears throat> if you're not fully invested in what, what we're trying to do here, then, then don't be here. And that's okay. Yeah. yeah. But if you are check your fucking shit at the door and, and, we're, <laughs> and we're getting to, we're getting to work real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. I love it. And, and, and we won't get into the whole, the whole backstory, uh, episode sure. 75 with you, uh, when you were, when you were the owner of Cartwrights, uh, uh-huh. that covers pretty much the story of Brett Vibber and, and I guess the summarized version of it. Uh, but so if anybody's listening right now, go back to episode 75, hear that story. The main thing I want to talk to you about right now, Brett is, mm-hmm. um, so you guys, you shut the doors of, of Cartwrights, uh, kind of yep. shut that, that chapter a few months ago mm-hmm. in the process of, of opening up a, a, your own place and, or another place uh, somewhere different. And then this all happened. Yep. Uh, so in, and I hope I'm not jumping to conclusions, but, but I, I feel like when I, when I think about you and what's going on right now, I, I feel uh, very, I don't want to say if I feel grateful for you, but I feel like you were, you're in a good position. It, it was almost ideal to be in between those then it, to be yeah, one or the other. It's turned out to be a blessing in disguise. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a little daunting to 
close an award-winning restaurant and, you know, <clears throat> exposure up there that, that we had at Cartwrights. But the, you know, the idea was to get to somewhere smaller and get to somewhere more intimate that we could, you know, really connect with the, with the customers and, and, you know, really cater to their wants, needs, desires, all that kind of stuff and really explore, <clears throat> you know, actual Arizona cuisine, uh, you know, from the ground level up and, and, you know, and, and talk about it with them and, and, you know, let them experience it the whole, the same way. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, we, we've definitely counted our blessings the last couple of months that, uh, we hadn't, you know, we, we'd just been in the developmental phase of, of the new wild spot and, uh, you know, kind of just checking our resources in and around, uh, you know, the Scottsdale corridor, if you will. Uh, and, and just, uh, and seeing what would work for us and seeing what would be the best next step. And, you know, obviously in the meantime, we're doing, we've been doing pop-ups and, and you know, all that's gone to the wayside and things have, uh, <clears throat> things have changed in, in, you know, a real drastic kind of way in a hurry. And I think, uh, I think, I don't know, we're kind of, we're kind of adaptable. We're, we're kind of, you know, you don't want to say ready for it, but, to go back to Boy Scouts, the Boy Scout motto is be prepared. So I just, I always yeah. want to be prepared. I don't want to be scared. I don't want to be panicky. I just, I just want to be prepared for whatever may come, yeah. <clears throat> you know, and that, and, th and that applies all the way to your life. Not again, not, not to a crisis situation or, or just in the kitchen, but in general, be prepared. So, sure. you know, it, it's, you know, people get in my truck often they're like geez got you know straps and tools and you know a toolbox with hammers and you know screwdrivers and then another toolbox with all the foraging stuff and well you ever been out somewhere where you wanted to clip something you didn't have a pair of scissors or a knife to cut it with so you ever been out where your battery died and you didn't have the ability to jump it but but you could have, you had the capabilities, but you know, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't buy that piece of equipment. You didn't prepare yourself properly. I think I try and just approach my life that way in general, no sure. matter what is, is be prepared. So here, yeah, we, we planted the farm, you know, by, <clears throat> I'm calling to a dog too. You know, I he's thought that was me. me. I was like, man, I thought <laughs> <laughs> we'll get him on screen soon. Oh yeah. <laughs> Carlos, come, come on. Oh yeah. He, he wants it. Uh, we got some neighbors out here properly social distancing, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hikers <clears throat> or are, are other foragers? Uh, I don't know. Wait, are you at the farm? You know, you're, oh no, 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 you're outside. No, you're no, out. we're way yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, but that's what I was tying into, uh, you know, before is, is, you know, we planted the farm basically thinking it would give us six to seven months <clears throat> for the new restaurant to get up and running. And, and, uh, you know, in the meantime, things that were harvestable, we use them for pop-ups, use them for collaborations, drop them off to friends, uh, that have restaurants. But again, all that, all that went to the wayside. So yeah. here yeah. we're looking at a farm that's gonna, you know, it's got <clears throat> hundreds of tomato plants and, over 30 varieties and you know five different kinds of spinach a bunch of different kinds of shard 10 different kinds of beans <clears throat> all kinds of things growing on it now and and now actually i think last time you were there i had just the first bed going i think so yeah yeah you were okay. real, real early on you had a lot of things were up on your porch still as just little seedlings yep, yep. so all of that you would have seen now is is, is harvesting and producing <clears throat> in the next round has already gone back into the ground. So 
where I don't have necessarily a restaurant to worry about. I, ha I have a farm that, that I planted from seed that I don't want to see one piece of it go to waste. Sure. Uh, yeah. And, <clears throat> and so while we were holding off on the restaurant and there's, you know, these outlets of selling or giving to our friends that, uh, you know, that went away really quickly. So what do you, what do you do with it? Well, you donate it, you donate it to people mm -hmm. that need it more than you do right now. Sure. Uh, so we've yeah. been making drops all over the Valley with different, amounts of produce or people that need produce. And we've, you know, we've been bartering for different things and getting people things that they need. Is that why you have such a big pile of beer behind you right now? Is uh, you're trading uh, produce for beer? <laughs> uh, no, there's no pile. I was just kidding. It's a small collection next to me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was, you brought that in your, yourself. Yeah. Yep. Well, so let me back up for a second because when you said uh, wild, uh, when you're, you know, opening up wild, that is, that's what you're, so if you go to Instagram, it's wild Arizona cuisine, all spelled yep. out just as one. That's the, that's the concept that, that you were working on. And we'll continue yep. to work on uh once once things uh once you're able to right <laughs> you're gonna say when things return to normal but you have no <laughs> idea what that fucking is no i think that's gone that's that's uh yeah yeah, yeah. that's a well, different that time. sense of norm that sense of normal but maybe sure. we'll yeah. maybe you know again not and not to <clears throat> not to speak ill in in times of crisis but but maybe maybe some things that are happening we we need it Sure. Uh, maybe we need to learn how to reconnect with our families. Maybe we need yeah. to learn how to educate our children <clears throat> all on our own. If we need to, maybe we need to learn how to be self-reliant. Uh, maybe we've gone too far with technology and forgotten about home economics and forgotten about life making skills and forgotten about agriculture and forgotten about, you know, gardening and, and things that, that used to be the norm go to the wayside when things become more luxurious. Sure. Sure. Technology, technology makes things much more luxurious. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, so when you take that away, you know, I've seen two different dynamics of people happening right now. And one is like, Oh, we're having a great time with our family and you know, we're planting a garden. We're doing this at home. We did puzzles. The homeschooling is going awesome. And you have other people that are, that are panicked. Yeah. And, and, oh, we don't know what to do. The kids are going crazy. We're stuck in the house. And like, you know, that we're only a couple hundred years removed from that just being the way it was with your family around the house all day, every day. Sure. Yeah. Maybe even, maybe, maybe in a hundred years, right? Early 1900s. I mean, people were still doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Still doing it. It's crazy. It, so that's, that's interesting. You say that because, um, I, I feel like as, as I'm reading more things and as I'm seeing more things, I'm like, dude, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm falling into that, to that, you know, what do they call it? The basic white girl thing. I'm planting a garden, you know, I'm doing puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so you were, you were, uh, I was like, dude, I've got to reach out to Brett. I, I've been wanting to do a garden for years and we're like, fine, like, Hey, no reason not to do it now. So I reached out to you. Was what, have I been the only person or have you been getting bombarded with people? Hey, how do I do this? Uh, I, for, for me, less, uh, <clears throat> less gardening and farming advice probably, but more, uh, those, those first couple of weeks, I just got bombarded with people asking me like, I need to go foraging. Like I need to know what I can eat out. No, no, no. More just random people. Okay. Okay. 
but you know, my message to them is you should have fucking listened before. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the end of the, at the end of the day right now, I'm, I'm taking care of my family and I'm taking sure. care of what, what needs to be done. And, and if you thought it was all a trend and you thought it was all just the backbone of a concept that wasn't, yeah. Th- yeah, this is the way I live my life, whether there's a restaurant or not. Yeah. Had I become a PE teacher and wrestling coach, just like my dad, this is what I would do in my spare time. Yeah. Take care of my family, feed my family, spend less money at the grocery store than, than you need to. Sure. And get more, you know, people, better, high, higher quality produce. Absolutely. We were just yeah. talking about it, <clears throat> walking up earlier. Uh, we're in our second uh, of third spots today, but just walking up earlier is <clears throat> we're probably focusing a little bit more on medicinal stuff than we usually do. Okay. But at the same time, most wild food is medicinal. It's sure. packed full of nutrients. It's growing where it wants to grow. It's, it's, it's right in line with mother nature and the way she wanted things to be. So it, it's not forced in any way. So yeah. therefore it's good for you because you, you found it right in the spot. Yeah. Yeah. You say, you, when you say that, I always think about, and I think about this quite often is uh, you had mentioned to me one time about uh, like, uh, I don't know if it was salmon or some t- type of fish and you're talking about serving it with watercress, with watercress, mm-hmm. right? Because trout, in, trout, trout. Yeah. yeah. Cause in the water, the trout are naturally with the watercress anyways. It's, that's a really unique um, just way to look at it. Right. Like what pairs best on this plate? Well, mother nature already plated it for us right yeah she put it all together for us you know yeah the blackberries grow right next to the trout the trout grows with the cattails you know bring bring that that's that's what you would have been cooking again like you said a hundred years ago what what's what's available closest to you do you ever um i always think about this too uh because you know we see mushrooms and like grow in our yard a little bit right i don't know what they are and my daughters are like what are those (laughs) they're shit yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Something that's going to make you feel real bad. I know. Well, that's the thing because I look at them like, oh, man. I'm like, don't touch them. Like, do not touch them. If they touch them, I'm like, wash your hands. But then in the back of my mind, I'm like, hmm, maybe we can eat those. <laughs> so nope. do you know? <laughs> a, so you... General, a couple general okay. rules for Arizona outside of morels. So we're, a, we're about 3,000 feet elevation right now. <clears throat> and we're finding morel mushrooms, but, but they're – they're a different kind of mushrooms. So, uh, typically in Arizona, nothing under five thousand feet. Oh, really? Okay. So everything, anything edible, as far as food or ju- or, or mushrooms? No, no, specifically. no, no. Just okay. mushrooms. No, okay. Sonoran Desert's chock full of everything. Yeah. You need. Okay. All right. That was I realized yeah, yeah, how yeah. dumb that was when I said it. Um. <laughs> no, there's no. My dad used to say all the time, "It's a good good thing to live by." Actually, is there's no such thing as a stupid question. I just agree. stupid people. I agree. <laughs> That's right. That just <laughs> summed me up right there, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> Always a dose of Carlos, truth with, with, uh, with Brett Vibber as well. Uh, but, but what I was leading into was um, I would be, me personally would be apprehensive that people say, Hey man, how do I, how do I forge my own food? Like, I don't want to give the wrong info to have somebody eat some poisonous shit. Right. So, I so I'm sure you've got a whole approach to that. How long does a teacher go to college for? Sure. Yeah. For well, 16 years. 
if you're in four to get a degree. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I didn't know what kind of question this was. I'm like, shit, I wasn't expecting well, a quiz. Did you go to Brett? college for 16 years? A teacher? Any, Actually. Anyone, you get a back. Right. Yeah. Okay. Don't answer that. Yeah. Uh, to, get a, to, to get a teaching degree, it takes four years. Yeah. I've spent 37 years dedicated to wild foods of Arizona. Yeah. You know, so, from the time, <clears throat> from the time, from the time we were little kids, we were with, with our parents and camping and hunting and fishing and backpacking and what, whatever it may be, family and friends. Uh, I, I've dedicated my whole life to it. If, you should have no amount of confidence teaching someone you don't know anything about. Uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be the first guy to tell someone like <clears throat> journalists love getting right out of the truck and being like, what's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? And like, you know, stop, stop. <laughs> and there's, if we all stop, there's thousands of plants we can see. I might know a hundred. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, in, in, on top of that, I, I'm not interested in often, you know, wild grass or, or things like I, I spend most of my time researching what can I eat from this flora? Not, not, not every single thing that it is. Again, that, that'll take another 37 years and sure. And I'll work towards that. And don't get me wrong. I'd like to know every single plant that I see out here, but, yeah. but man, what a bullshitter I'd be to tell everyone like, Oh, I know every plant in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Dude, there are you people see, that, you know, there are people that do that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but you see things, you know, I'm seeing things this year. We've had a very wet winter, lots of snow, lots of rain, desert, forest everywhere. And, and I'm seeing plants I've not seen grow in the desert for 20 years. Really? Wow. We were talking about it with someone the other day is, is think about one isolated 10 foot by 10 foot spot in the desert and say it has a Palo Verde, a Yucca and a Ocotillo on it. How much rain does that get throughout a year? Versus how much I can water something in the garden, it might get sure. it might get no rain. Yeah, there's a chance that it gets yeah. no rain for two, three, four, five years. And so other spots of the desert are that way. We have these isolated thunderstorms, mostly our monsoons, which bring <clears throat> you know most of the desert water to us. To us, uh, you, you don't think about what's in that soil it's not been treated what's you know what's fertilized it what's not fertilized it is it trying to grow out of gravel is it trying to grow out of sand uh just just so many things go into natural foods and wild foods that that now yeah wow it's we've had some atypical storms through this winter where you know they cross the whole state you know you're walking through the desert right now uh one thing that it's toxic but that i'm seeing at a lower elevation that i've ever seen is datura uh what is that it's a, a very, very powerful hallucinogenic drug that, that has no uh, no checks <clears throat> to date as to where the dosage is. So, so you have no idea how much of the drug you're actually getting into you. But typically, we learned that that was, you know, like 4,500 feet and higher. And okay. it, it mostly hugged the Mogollon Rim, which is right behind us here right now. But I'm I'm finding it in the desert at eighteen hundred feet, two thousand feet. Uh, oh yeah, he'll he'll eat anything. I don't feed other people's dogs. Oh, thank you. Carlos just came up on some French fries. <laughs> oh yeah, French Street. Is he eating French Street fries? No, I wish they were, but <laughs> Carlos doesn't give a shit. He's like, 
Yeah. No, I was going to say honey badger don't care. <laughs> oh, man. But so, no, it's just it's yeah. things like that that are, you know, there there's things there's things this year that it, it must be a wetter season than than I can remember in my memory. That, yeah. that there's a lot of plants I'm identifying this year. Uh and I, again, I think it takes a lifetime of that, no, no matter what, no matter where you are. If, if, and luckily, I grew up here, and I always wanted to come back here to do this kind of food. I had some kind of basis for it. Man, if I went to somewhere like Washington, I'd be almost starting over. Uh, because of just the different, the different um, landscape and the different, like, uh, everything. The geographic buildup. Geographic, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. <clears throat> it's, you know, we have almost all of the same things that Washington has to offer in a much smaller and more sporadically spread out type of, uh, type of, uh, type of terrain that, okay. that, that my friends in Washington laugh at me when I come back with two pounds of mushrooms and I'm happy. Yeah. Because they can walk out, they can walk out their back door and they're in their, in their, in their backyard. Same, same as things in front as friends in Colorado, but then you come around to prickly pear season and, and choya buds and barrel cactus and, and, and all of that. And, and then they, then they want to know. Sure. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, what's really great about the desert anyways, man. Like I've learned from like you and, and Tammy uh, from cotton and copper, the, the, diversity that's in the sonoran desert like the wildlife like just everything like the there's more plant and animal life in the sonoran desert than there is anywhere else on the face of the earth that's crazy that that is crazy because i've told a couple people that like kind of in my own general stupid way uh but they're like dude no way and i'm like well go yeah well let him ask brett yeah (laughs) right i was gonna say let him die (laughs) i brought a friend out to uh kind of the similar distance that we drove out to Sycamore Creek that day with Tam. Uh, similar distance, similar terrain. He's from the Bronx, born and raised, you know, a tough guy, real tough guy, shaved head, real, real, real Bruce Willisy kind of emulet. Yeah. And we got, we got out there and he said, man, if you left me here, I'd die. Mm-hmm. I yeah. said, die? <laughs> How? Why? <laughs> He said, man, we're way in the middle of nowhere. I said, dude, we are 20 miles from a fucking gas station. Wouldn't you just walk down the freeway? He's like, I don't know which way to walk. I don't know which way to go. Like, so well, there's also food everywhere. There's animals everywhere. We have a gun. We can shoot something. We have fishing poles. And he just said, no, nah, I would just curl up under a bush and die. Even with I all thought, that stuff. Even with all, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because of no, no, no uh, knowledge as to how to use it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it goes back, man. Be prepared, right? Know how to use your tools. Right. Like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm definitely speaking uh, from your point of view. Definitely not me. I need to be more prepared. That's for sure. You know, <laughs> we're working on it. Yeah, we are. Yes, uh, I'm taking the Brett Vibber uh, uh, "Be Prepared" 101 right now. So, uh, d- dude, one one thing I want to—it's a real ask crash you. course. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. You're, you're you're easing me into it, though. You're like, all right, I'm gonna yeah, bring yeah. you a truck full of dirt. Let's see how you do with this right just put this dirt into that how's it doing (laughs) it's good man uh dude we had something eat one of our strawberries uh i I don't know if it was a rabbit but then yesterday jackie saw our dog charlie walking in our raised bed sniffing around so i'm like it might have been charlie our dog my my biggest culprit thus far yeah like everyone said oh it's gonna be deer well it can't be deer i have barbed wire around the top of my inside fence which you've seen it it can't be rabbit because my game fence is buried four feet into the ground 
so I guess technically it could be. I thought maybe at first birds, and then I go out one day and I see this guy eating all my spinach. Your dog, Carlos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just eating it. Up in it. Yeah, just loves it. Loves spinach. Can't get the guy to eat a carrot, but he apparently <laughs> loves the spinach that I grow trying for profit. Uh, so almost everything is fenced off or raised now. Yeah. yeah. Thanks to Carlos, the wonder dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, dude, like just real quick, when, when we came out to check out your place uh, uh-huh. and, and you were, you know, Luke and I were just kind of looking around and you're talking about, we both said, Luke and I were like, dude, I wouldn't know what to do if I was here. And you're like, Oh dude, there's food there. There's food there. I'm like, I like, I had no idea too. I, I think I might hopefully would have been a little bit better than your friend as far as like at least attempting to use the tools, but I right. would still be lost. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Well, I mean, that was the appeal as we've talked about before is, is there's five acres that we have, but <clears throat> three acres that are fenced in for cultivation if need be. One of those acres is solely dedicated to trees, lemon trees, lime trees, apricots now, and plums apples, pears, uh, but, you know, about a hundred trees down in that depressed area. Okay. Uh, and then the back area where we stood is, is, is for rows and whatnot. And so yeah. now it goes, now one quarter of that area is filled with growing plants. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, it's just a continuous ev- evolution, but, but everything outside of the fence is just left to itself. Yeah. Barrel cactus, ocotillo, palo verde, mesquite again these plants we we harvest from the root up and 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 use not necessarily at the same time but throughout the years it's going through different cycles what do we use the flowers for what do you use the buds for what do you use the berries for what do you use the fruit for uh and 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 even at the same time you know like mesquite we use it for not only nutritional but for smoking and preservation and and things like that where where it's 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 just really a you know, the proper circle of life. Yeah. Lion, like the Lion King. That's the Lion King, dude. I was waiting for your Lion King reference. We finally it's, got it's it. It's always <laughs> coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and I don't want to put you on the spot or anything, but you and I yeah. had a conversation uh, about, uh, you know, I was, I was talking with, um, with, with a mutual friend of ours uh, mm-hmm. and his prediction, a guy who knows a lot about the food industry, food and beverage in Arizona, predicting that half of the, the places will, will shut down through all of this. And, and when I talked to you, uh, it kind of surprised me that you were kind of on the same mindset, right? That this is going to have a huge impact. Yeah. And I, you have to take the whole food service industry into account when you, when you talk about this. And, and so it's not, it's not all your high end trendy places. Half of those are going to close half the places you've heard about. It's, yeah. it's, it's half the places in general. So you haven't heard about 80 or 90% of those and, and neither have I, it, yeah. it's, it's mom and pop places that are just getting crushed out. I mean, yeah. our state's still not alleviated some really significant things that, that need to be alleviated on small business owners. Otherwise they're done. Most yeah. restaurants operate on about, a week and a half to two weeks of extra income. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, you, super so you, thin you, margins. You, right. You take that, you take that from, from anywhere, anywhere. And these are, you know, independently owned restaurants. I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'll not speak to corporations right now. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Another full uh, series. We'll get into a series. About right. That. I was going to say, I could give a flying <laughs> fuck. Uh, I'm talking about 
my friends that put their blood, sweat, and tears into, into what they do every day to barely make rent, to barely make profit, to barely pay their payroll, just to do something they love. Yeah. They're up shit creek right now. Uh, they don't have to be. We have, we have, we have a state government that, that's, not, that's not doing everything they could. And again, a whole, a whole other series, but, sure. <laughs> but, uh, but that, that's kind of the heartbreaking part of it is there's other states that are doing well and, and are, are helping out their, you know, their, it's got to trickle all the way down. Someone came after me a few weeks ago uh, <clears throat> after a post I'd made. Uh, there was just a repost of what Danielle Leone's up to, and she's doing some rad things right now. From, trying to uh, get the breadfruit. Yeah, trying to get yeah. the state legislature to wake up and, and, and listen to who actually drives the state. It, it's, it's cooks, it's chefs, it's, it's restaurant. We run on tourism. So, uh, you know, to, to try and get them to wake up is, is a bit hard because even in regular times, they weren't paying much heed to what, to what we do. But, yeah. but these are the people that, that run your state and do things for you uh, that, that it, it's, it's really awe-inspiring to watch someone like her go off and do something like that. Uh, <clears throat> so anything you can do to support those people right now is, is, is awesome. You know, there's, there's, there's people trying to do to-go food, people trying to reinvent themselves, tr just, just trying to do whatever they possibly can. So I think that's the big push is go out and support a local farm and go out and support a local restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, right here. I mean, this, I don't know how much support this is, but I just drank my beer out of the Riba Farms glass, which is one of oh, my nice. favorite classes. <laughs> I drank a glass of milk out of that last night after Did you? I crushed a bunch of chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Like a, like a six-year-old, just a big glass yep. of milk. <laughs> well, that's why I told someone the other day as uh, – I, I can't really go shopping with the kids. Elena needs to do it because yeah. we come home with all the things that they want, which are all the things <laughs> I want. Yeah. You know, me and Miles, me and Miles can sit on the couch and crush a package of Oreos and, <laughs> and a half a gallon of milk in about 20 minutes. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So see, Brett Weber, even though he is uh, the forager extraordinaire, he still appreciates a good Oreo, man. That's, oh, that's we awesome. All have our, we all have our vices, my friend. <laughs> Yes, yes. Oreos, Oreos and cheese. I can't, uh, I can't quit oh. on. I can't quit on you now. Dude, my, I, unfortunately, my list is a lot longer, uh, but uh, I, I understand where you're coming from, man. Yep. yep. <laughs> so, so supporting those, these local places, I know a lot of breweries, a lot of restaurants are doing to-go orders. Mm -hmm. They're doing delivery. A lot of them never even did those things before, doing it out of necessity. Um, Which is tough. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and uh, you're talking about a lot of people had to take on extra. They had to. So Tom and Lynn <clears throat> catering where, where I've been hanging out and supporting uh, <clears throat> as of late, they had to reinvest and, and start a new business so that you're talking new packaging, <clears throat> new marketing, new websites, people that need to get paid for those kinds of things. It's talking about in the midst of all this, people starting new businesses, a restaurant <clears throat> like cotton and copper, for example, not set up to do to go. That's not sure. the system there. Not, yeah. not that they're not capable of it. It's just not the system that was in place at that point in time. So, so how do you package up all of her food properly? Well, you have to buy a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So again, you're cutting into that seven to 10 to 14 day margin that most restaurants operate on 
in, in reinvesting and, and <clears throat> on top of it, it you, you go into, you know, most people's average sales. So take like where Elena is, for example, you know, an average $7,000 day sustains the restaurant. Well, now they're working on 1700 to $2,200 in sales a day. Great. It's sustaining her because she's running the whole front of the house as, as that person taking the order, running the card and, and delivering it to the car. Yeah. And there's one or two cooks in the kitchen. But again, when, when rent comes back and, and when property taxes come back, that's the biggest thing right now is that, that, that that's one thing that's not been alleviated for owners. They, they're, they're still going to want that tax that despite they want that property tax. Yeah. And that, that'll, that, that right there will, will crush, crush people. Right. As a business owner, it's almost yeah. crushed me before, you know, when one comes up in August in Phoenix. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. That's a bunch of money we don't have. You know, can we talk to someone about this? And, you know, no, they want, they want, that's, that's, that's where we've gotten out of checks and balances is yeah. that it, it, it's got to be the whole way across for everyone to work properly is, is, is for for that to for that to happen you you have to have a balance for every check yeah yeah that's and, and when you were saying that, that it's almost crushed you before that's when things were going well or, or at least fairly well right like that, that's nothing phoenix is just a hard market in the summertime yeah. yeah we just i mean that that's the biggest heartbreak of all this is that it couldn't happen in the summertime in phoenix mm. all these people were poised to make their money for the year yeah, that's a really good. We're point. kind of the reverse of all my friends that work, you know, in Alaska in the summer times. They're they're poised to make all of their money for the year in four or five months of work. And people always say like, "Oh, those crab fishermen they make all their money in you know three four months, and those salmon fishermen make all their money." And they work their dicks off, and you've never worked like that before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you've you, been there. You have, you've, yeah. I have been there. You have no yeah. idea. It, <clears throat> and to me, as a chef that, that forages and and barely sleeps at all nine or ten months a year, it was a wake up call. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> so these guys earn that money, the chefs and the fishermen, everyone up there, they earn that money. And, and it, it's, it's totally in jeopardy right now. Right yeah. now, everyone I know as it stands that goes to Alaska will need to self quarantine for two weeks on their own dime when they get there. Uh, yeah. But lots of them are coming to the end of the year where they don't, they don't have two weeks to stay in a hotel's worth of money. Ah, uh, they're, they're, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all by yourself. You have to be isolated before you come out to the islands and the lodges. Yeah. So again, so, it's, it's it's trickled around the world. What can people do? Like, what what can like if you're listening to this? And I mean, I know this this is a big overall, more encompassing. But but I mean, supporting your local places, right? Is there any is there anything else uh, that that just a commoner like me would could do? Well, no, I think I wouldn't call you a commoner in these in these Peasant. days right now, Peasant. I think, <laughs> no, no, no. I, well, I mean, dude, come on. I'm part of the health. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> seriously. Uh, no, my, my greatest hope would be that people stop. At first people were harping on me about being outside in this moment. Like, uh, I, I, I see where you're coming from, but I, I'm leaving new river with a full tank of gas, not seeing anyone anywhere I drive and coming all the way back home. 
yeah. I've not seen anyone throughout the day. If I have seen anyone, it's been people that I've been in self-quarantine with through TLC. We all went into self-quarantine about a month ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we've not seen anyone outside of our network since then. Uh, it's, it's, at the end of the day, I guess it's be logical. Be sure. it, it, in it. Common sense is something we should probably have in school also with agriculture, <laughs> but uh, it, it's just that. It's the two weeks ago I was hiking up on the rim and I'd left really early in the morning. It snowed. It was awesome. I didn't see anyone all day except that we went to that brewery in uh, Pine and had them deliver takeout food out to the truck so that we could head on up and have that for a picnic. Uh, but then I see a hundred thousand people at Camelback Mountain. Great! You want to go outside? Be fucking outside. That's that's awesome. Go somewhere different. Yeah. Again, it's it's common sense. It's it's silly, but but again, we've we've grown this way, especially as an American people that, that we're just, we're not going to follow the rules. We're going to do whatever the fuck we want, whenever yeah. the fuck we want, however the fuck we want. And you know what? It, at some point, I don't care if it takes 100 years, it takes 200 years, it takes 400 years. It's going to come back and bite you in the ass being an arrogant asshole. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, and I, and I think some people, I mean, I, I entertain a, a conspiracy theory, a good conspiracy theory. I, I like that stuff. But Which one? Which oh, I mean, lots of them. I, I mean, I just. Yeah, they're fun to listen to. You have to yeah. be educated and informed. One but, might be true one of these days. Ex yeah, exactly. But my whole thing is, is like, all right, I get it. I get it. Be aware. But come on, man. This shit's real. Like, this is real at this point. Like, let's, let's. Let's oh yeah, it. I'm not yeah. bought into. I'm not bought into this virus being a hoax. <clears throat> no, no, no. I'll I'll dive deeper into the conspiracies of where it came from. Sure, sure. But but no, I'm I'm not I'm not of the school of thought that this is not real. Yeah, no. It's like all right. That regardless of origins, this shit's going on right now. Yep. Fucking and stay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Stay, stay away from stay, people. <laughs> stay away from people. I don't. And I think that's a bigger message than stay at home. Sure. Yeah. Because again, talking about Camelback last last Saturday. It's not stay at home. It's stay the fuck away from so big groups of people. So yeah. It's a pretty simple thing. I like to do that anyways. Like, that's just a normal rule of my life, you know? <laughs> right. I mean, I try and spend half of my life staying away from people. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, Brett, I don't want to hold you up any, any longer. Um, All good, man. Real quick, I want to I want to get your, you know, it, it, for people right now specifically on on you know, um self-reliance at home. What are a couple of pointers that you would give people as far as like just just starting, right? Because I think people have a fear of like, oh shit, that's too complicated or this. What are some simple ways people can start their own shit? Put your phone down, plant some food. We still have the internet. We still have electricity. Get on Google. Look up, look up stuff like Southwest Foraging by John Slattery, and, and order his book. And, and those are two simple approaches. Everyone can plant a garden. Everyone can forage wild food. Uh, John Slattery's book we give to all of our first year cooks uh, that have to learn how to forage because he gives you a very who, what, when, where, why, how type of approach to foraging uh, a guy I've looked up to for 20 years or so uh, just really on top of it but but beginner type stuff okay you know, what's the name of the book again 
Southwest Southwest Foraging by John Slattery. John Slattery. Uh, okay. It kind of all started. And again, just I mean, like you did in the last two weeks, start a garden. It's easy. You don't have to start a farm. Yeah. Right. You know, you don't have to jump off that cliff. I decided sure. to, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but again, it was for different reasons. And now we're, now we're readjusting to see what this farm is actually going to be used for. Yeah. Is it, is it going to be used to feed, you know, all the foster kids for the scout foundation? Is it going to be used to, to feed the men's shelters that are downtown that are just overridden right now? What's it going to be used for? Uh, so we're flexible, we're adjustable, we're prepared for anything. Yep. Yep. It doesn't have to be doom. Doesn't have to be doomsday ish. Sure. Just yeah. to be prepared. <laughs> just be prepared. Yeah. Right. I can make a fire with two sticks. It doesn't mean I want to. How many different ways though? Right. You told me that 12. the other twelve. You were teaching yeah, your son lot, like you wanted to learn how to do a, make a fire, and you're like, all right, there's twelve yeah, ways. Yeah, that's I'm like, why that, shit. Super I mean, yeah, I couldn't boat. even start. <laughs> I bet you could. I bet. Yeah, I could. I could. I got to give myself more credit, man. I have you. you do. I have you. To you got matches. Anyways. You got a lighter, and I bet you have a kitchen stove. So you're three. You're three ways into it so far. That's true. That's true. I've got some old ass light bulbs. Those things put on off some heat too. I'm sure I could catch something on fire. Uh, yeah. Now we're getting to it. <laughs> different realm yeah, yeah. real quick what would be what would you say would be three things that people could start like now right because you got the heat of the summer coming um what start are, foraging or start farming uh, far, growing stuff at home oh uh, some in the produce. basin of the valley you're still good for cucumbers you're good for squash you're you're, you're good for herbs here you know my my mom and dad live right in south tempe uh, right on the Chandler border and, and you know, there's mint going, there's scallions going. Uh, I'm obviously a bit higher elevation around 3000 feet. I, I still have my corn still going for the spring and, and things like that, that the idea is to find something that grows here. If you're going to cultivate something, find something that grows that doesn't take very much water. Okay. Gotcha. Squash, beans, heirloom corns, not all corns, but, but, but corns that are, are from here. Okay. Uh, Made to grow here. They're meant to grow. I mean, right. Things yeah. like that. Any kind of squash, any kind of cucumber, any kind of melon, just, it, 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 it all thrives here. So we have these cool farmers that grow all these, you know, weird, random and exotic things, but they're not, they're not. Yeah. necessarily what wants to grow in Arizona. You look at Mark Ryan, you look at John Naughton, those guys grow stuff that thrives here. And that's that why I like working Mountain Sky? Them. Yep. Mountain Sky, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That dude's awesome. Both those guys, I love. I, I love They're beautiful people. Yeah. They, they, yeah. they understand how the earth is working, both in totally, completely different ways. Yeah. <clears throat> but they both understand that connection with the earth and, and what they should be growing. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Love it, man. Dude, that was a great, a great way to wrap it up. Great way to wrap it up. <laughs> All right, buddy. Brett, so people right, can dude. follow you, Brett Vibber, on Arizona Wild Cuisine. Or wild uh, Arizona. Be Vibber for my Instagram, wild for the business. Wild, because I'm trying to remember, wild Arizona cuisine or Arizona wild cuisine? No, wild. Wild, okay, okay. Look them up. There's a, I'm sure there's a picture of you with a machete somewhere on the internet. Um, for sure. At least a couple. <laughs> Me and Carlos with a machete. <laughs> He's got it between his teeth. He's like, I'm going to fucking hack, hack up some spinach, man. Yep. Uh, yep. All right, Brett. Hey, enjoy the rest of your day, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, later, dude. Later.